you'd get comments like, oh, you, you've done very well for a, a boy from Trinidad. Or, you know, the reason why, you know, you didn't get that promotion was because it's not me, but the others wouldn't feel comfortable with you in the room. Hello, Paul Gisby here. This episode of Conversations About Promotion features a conversation with someone who asked that we withhold his name. So we have. For convenience, let's call him David. David was born in Trinidad. He's an IT professional in the finance sector and moved to the UK several years ago to further his career. By a number of measures, David has had a successful career. Feedback from all directions has been pretty much always strongly positive. He became well paid, both in terms of base pay and performance bonuses. But over time, it became clear that one aspect of career success was eluding him. Promotion. One event brought the problem into sharp focus. When I was put forward for promotion, after a long time doing the role, I... I thought I deserved it. I had been performing at a, at a high level consistently, and it was reflected in my bonuses because there's a bonus culture in the, in the financial services sector. And I'd been getting bonuses that were high, very high on the scale. You know, I'd achieved stretch goals. I was a role model and so on. And yet, when it came to promotion, I was always passed over. And the one time when I was put forward... And, I, you know, I would ask, it was every, every year, I would ask about, you know, what do, I, what do I need to do? And I'd be given a series of uh, tasks or goals that I had to reach, realistic, de- well-defined, measurable goals. And I did that. And, oh, no, well, mm, somehow at the end of the day, the goalpost would, would always change. And the one time I was put forward in earnest, it was... Everybody knew that my mother had just died, right? And they <laughs> waited until after I came back from the funeral to say, oh, um, you have um, a promotion interview next week. Now, this is out of the blue, right? Nobody had, had spoken to me about this. And I was not in the best state of mind, as you could imagine, to, to handle this. But I, I went through with it, you know, and it didn't, the promotion did not did not happen at the at the end of the day. But there were other people who... Were, had been put forward because there were a certain number of places open at the at the at the next level who did go through and when i asked well you know what did they have that was different from me it was a case of well they interviewed well and i i, um, I was a bit bemused by that answer because anybody can interview well but you know it's supposed to be based on your performance consistency and and all of the other things that i mentioned before man management meeting of goals being a role model over a period of time not not a one-time interview performance so that was the kind of thing that was put forward to me the goalposts were moved and then the rationale for somebody being 
put before me was that they interviewed well and also it was I was not pre- well prepared for the promotion process nobody you know nobody even told me well okay we're putting you up this year it was when I got back from my mother's funeral said oh by the way next week you're going to in this interview <laughs> and do you think that that was that, that well, those were the reasons or were there other reasons and they were just feeding you a line in order to avoid telling me the truth? The latter. I think they were feeding me a line to avoid telling me the truth. Because in my case, as a black person, there are other things going on as well. You know, you'd get comments and in, in the financial services sector, as in, indeed in a lot of sectors in, in this country, the prejudice is very subtle. It's not overt. as it, It's not as crude as it, as it used to be. But you'd get comments like, um, oh, oh you, you've done very well for a, a boy from Trinidad. Or, uh, you oh, know. That's, that's pretty blatant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not me. You know, the reason why, you know, it's the reason why it's, you, know, you didn't get that promotion was because it's not me, but the others wouldn't feel comfortable with you in the room. And um, <laughs> that's what I got, you know. Uh, so you understood what what you're up against as a as a black person. So um, when you got comments like that, that, you know, well done as a a boy from Trinidad, or others wouldn't be comfortable. Did you push back? I I pushed back, you know. But you you know, as a as a lone voice, you're you're not really getting anywhere, and and you you are ignored. Um, so unless you're you're prepared to make an issue of it and put yourself up as a target, the next thing they're going to say is, oh, well, he's a troublemaker and he's playing the race card and he's got a chip on his shoulder or angry angry black man and all, all those kinds of things. So I did not want to play into the you know the stereotypes and, and that kind of... So I continued to, to try and um, unsuccessfully, but I learned a lot from, from that. Now that I'm out of that you know, scenario, having to, or feeling that I had to vie for, for promotion. Because it, it all depends on your values as well. It's not just about the culture of the, of the sector or the organization that you happen to be in, uh, but it's your own values. If you, you know, how much you value um, promotion, how much you buy into um, that culture. But you, you did have successes, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, uh, I, what what happened was that it was a promotion. I got promotions in terms of I got increased responsibilities. I got increased remuneration above my my peers at the, at the same title level, but I never got the title. You know, and I got um, seconded to other offices for two years as responsible for an entire region, the North America region, for the IT audit function. So you went on to Common for two years because you were in New York, weren't you, for that? That's correct. I was in New York for two years. On the same grade and, and title as you had in back in London, and then when you came back, you just went back to the same level? That's correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But when I complained and I said, you know, this is not right, my manager at the time said, well, okay, I hear what you're saying, but why don't you write HR and copy me? So I had to make my own case to HR and copy him. So he wasn't prepared to be to sponsor me and say, well, no, you know, we need to do better than this. And HR came back with um, some more money, but there was no question of the 
actual title increase. So I, I said, look, everybody knows because everybody was astounded, right, when I did not make the grade. You know, you know, you. I mean, you know, of all people, we would expect that you you would be a natural. It, it's almost like you've been you've been doing the job for so many years, but they still won't give you the title. And I said, yeah, but you know, it is what it is. And that's what and it is. just so we're clear, we're not talking 1950 here, are we? We're <laughs> no, we're not. Quite recent. Yes, we're talking quite recently. Now, you, you, as you said there, you believe that race was a, was a factor in that. And certainly statistics would, would back you up on that and that race clearly is, is a mm. factor. Yeah. But at the time, in the situation, did you know for sure it was race or did you just strongly suspect? Well, I knew for sure it was race because if people... If, because if, of those other comments. Yeah, if people are telling me, oh, well, it's not me, but the others in the room would feel uncomfortable, you know... <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, would you say that to, you know, somebody, you know, or you've done well for a boy from Trinidad, um, you know. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you feel when someone says that in a professional organization? I mean, we're talking fairly international as well. It's a fairly, fairly cosmopolitan yeah. uh, environment that you were working in. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with it. It, it really, so you feel disappointed, you feel you've been um, let down by the organization as well as as the people who are representing it because of their stated ideals um, being so completely different to what's happening on the ground. But for it not to affect you and your your mental and, and physical well-being, you have to learn to get over it. You really you because you cannot carry that burden all the time and, and stay healthy. You know, you, you, you got to, you know, just realize that this is the way it is. The goalposts are going to be moved. You know, you're going to meet all your goals. And then at the end of the day, they're going to say, oh, no, well, sorry, but you, you we were expecting this. But that's not what we agreed. Yes, but. <laughs> or, or somebody interviewed better than you. That interviewed better than you one. I mean, that one, that one always stunned me and the thing that always struck me about that was so what is the job then being a good interviewee <laughs> yes and in the case it, it's you know it, it was blatant because in the case of um, the person who had interviewed better than me she turned out to be a, a disaster as a manager at the next level you know i i brought it because i had an an informal conversation with somebody from hr and not that i thought that HR was on my side for a minute because they're not. They're on the side of the, the organization generally. But their comment to me was, oh, we recognize that. We're going to have to work with her. Right? So because she interviewed well, it, it still she still was not equipped to operate at the higher level, but they were, were willing to work with her and help her, you know, despite everything. But she, she was not black. She was not black. She was, you know, white, female, and... You know, that was that was it. Did you ever think of leaving, or did did you think it would be the same in everywhere? Else? Well, I know, I thought of leaving, but then I, I said, you know what, you're being you're being very well paid. Looking at the rest of you know for what you do compared to the rest of the the sector, you know you're well regarded among your peers, and. Um, 
you know, I, I really thought that it, it would probably be the same thing anywhere I went to. Mm. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't test it. It, it, it really, I, I had kind of, you know, resigned myself to the fact that it, it wasn't going to happen. And just some kind of bloom where I was planted. I, I, I can't <laughs> get my head around why you, you were just, well, maybe you were, but when, when you incandescent was rage? Well, I didn't think that that was going to help. Okay. No. So that, you know, being incandescent with rage is, is one thing. Okay. You know, you can rant and rave as much as you want, but it's, it's still not going to change the situation. So I, I kind of looked at it more philosophically. And am, am I showing white naivety there, though? Because I mean, you know, <laughs> this wouldn't have been the first time in your life that something didn't go your way because you were black. No, it, it, it wasn't. So maybe you were better prepared, if that's the right way of I, I think, it. yeah, that's probably it. You know, it's better prepared. It's difficult, but you, you have to do that. When I, let me give you another example. When I was trying to form an interest group for black and minority ethnic people, within this organization. And I, I went to my, my manager and I told him what we we're going to, you know, what we we're planning to do and why, and, you know, the benefits for the organization and so on. And he said, oh, but, and this is a white guy. <laughs> oh, but do we still need that? I, I thought we were, we were over that already. You know, I said, well, the mere fact that you think that indicates to me that we still need to have this conversation. Mm. So now you've left. And you are an independent and a freelancer. Is there any carryover? Do you think do people do people going to hire you because of your absolute excellence, or are they going to go? Oh, well, we can't get him in because he won't fit in with. Our it's work? no. You see, because it's a different dynamic now. Because what's happening now is they're looking at you purely from what you can bring to the table from a technical or experiential point of view, right? right. As yeah. as which is as it should be. Which is as it should be. Right, but you're not, you know, you're not vying for a permanent position. You're not, you're not looking, you're not looking for a promotion, right? Yeah. This has worked out much, much better for me from that point of view. You get specific assignments for, you know, short periods of time in, in terms of months. Everybody knows what the boundaries of the assignment are, and you, you know, you deliver to that. You get, you agree a, a rate beforehand, and they pay you, and then, and then you're gone. Does it, does that make a difference? Does it make you feel happier, or, or? well, actually, it 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 removes some of the stress because you know you know you're not having to <laughs> you're not having to prove yourself and and say well I, I'm you know you're not vying for a higher position you know there may be because it it just doesn't come into the equation so there's a a lot less stress. And would you take another job if if one of those headhunters came and said well, they've got a, a more permanent role? You know, I've been thinking about that, and I don't think I would take a more permanent role now. I, I think that the corporate fight and the, the competition and, and the expectations of, you know, demonstrating ambition and that sort of thing, I, I think I've outgrown that now. I've, I've kind of outgrown grown that. My, and my values have changed. So I, I value the time that I have between assignments where I can you know, do something different, 
concentrate on learning a new skill maybe or, or reading something you know and i value that it's 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 um a, for me a better way of working at at this stage of my life mm. so just winding back a bit mm-hmm. before it began to dawn on you that you know it just wasn't going to happen and that there was there was inbuilt bias that was always going to make the hurdle too high mm-hmm. were were you ambitious did you did you want to be um promoted and have yes. bigger roles yes and- definitely definitely did because you know i would get good reports from internal clients i'd get good reports from my my managers um good reports from other managers that i interacted with good reports from my peers and good reports from my my direct reports so all around yeah. you know and, and so i for me i thought it was an it was a natural progression right right you, and you were getting bonuses as well you said i was the, the, i was getting I was bonuses. triggering bonuses I was so at bonuses, the beginning yeah. of the conversation you said you know the thing one of the things about promotion is it's a, it, you didn't use this word but it's an affirmation of your worth and your value when yes. you get promoted but People giving you good feedback and saying, you know, you do really good work consistently from mm-hmm. from many directions, and also you're getting bonuses, yeah. and that's an affirmation too. It is. What did you think promotion would have given you over and above that? It's just status, and, and that was it. And I realized, you know what, it's not going to happen. So just be happy with the fact that you're getting bonuses that are over the norm. At one stage, you know, when my boss had to communicate my bonus to me, at, you know, in bonus season and end of the year, after the end of the year, he was he was shocked at the level because my my bonus was higher than his. Okay, <laughs> and, and um, you know, so I I was treated well from that point of view. I believe as a compensation for not giving me the the higher status title, and and that's what it was. The group that you talked about setting up, did it get set up, the uh, minority employees? Yes, it did. So did you ever raise these kind of topics there? Of course, but I didn't stay there long enough. I, I you know, left before any kind of traction could take could take place. I mean, it was, we were fighting an uphill battle. Like, you know, people say, oh, do we still need that? As I, as I mentioned before, I thought we had gone beyond that. And, you know, the normal thing, oh, what about oppressed white people? <laughs> really? <laughs> so, um, you know, having to deal with that and with people who, even, even you know, a minority ethnic people who didn't quite get it. So there were, there were a number of things that, yeah, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't rock the boat. You know, we have to wait. And, oh, you know, it's as if you're asking for a favor from... Uh, you know, a benefactor who you know is still asking for handouts. No, this is something that we we deserve. It's we're not asking you to give us equality of treatment. You know, we're we're demanding it, right? Uh, but they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't understand that because they had been so, I suppose, conditioned to ask for you know as minorities to, yeah. to you know. All right. Um- Turn it around the other way. So you've had these experiences, and and thank you for sharing them. How would you advise other younger people coming through, and, and in particular other young black men and women who may come up against similar problems? Okay, there are a couple of things I would I would say to them. Know yourself. In other words, 
understand your values and what is important to you. Because everybody wants to, you know, says it's, you know, being promoted is a good thing, that you might not feel that way. And don't feel that you have to do it because everybody else says that that's, that's the best thing. So understand what is important to you. Secondly, be very specific in your demands and in your expectations and, and write things down and be prepared to defend your, you know, your performance. If people tell you, well, we need A, B, C, and D from you before the end of the year, be very specific about what they mean. Follow it up with an email, a confirmatory email saying, we had this conversation about promotion. This is what I understand you to say. This is what I need to do in order to get to the next level. All right. So be very specific and record everything and confirm everything. Third thing is get a sponsor and understand the difference between a sponsor and a mentor. A mentor is somebody you can go and talk to and and gripe to and you know they're not necessarily going to change your life but they might make you feel good and be a good listening ear. A sponsor is somebody who's going to fight for you, somebody who's going to influence things for you so that you have a better chance of being promoted. And it's not difficult to find. This is somebody who is a political player, who is well-regarded, who can actually sponsor you to get to the next level. The next thing is get involved. Get involved with diversity initiatives, citywide, not just at your firm, form alliances, which is what I try to encourage our, our um diversity organization to do. So we had links with the Bank of England's program. We had links with um, the programs in, in law firms. We had, so that we, we were sharing experiences and, and strategies, strategize with people. The next thing, and maybe this should have been first, is sharpen, your, sharpen and develop your crap detector. <laughs> okay, say more. You need to be able to understand what's really being said when people say to you, it's not me, but the others would feel uncomfortable, or you've done well, <laughs> you know. You've done well for a black person. Yeah. And did, did, they, did they pat you on the head when they said that? Uh, not quite. Those are good tips. Those are really good. The interesting thing listening to those is those are actually good tips for anybody. But I think what you're saying is if you're from a, a, a minority group, mm. you need to pay particular attention to these points. Yeah. You need to know your history as well because people come up to you. I mean, very early um, when I arrived in the UK from Trinidad and I was working with um, the first organization I worked with, um, one of my colleagues, she came up to me and she said, you know, we were walking outside. She said, oh, you must be... You must be in awe of, of this um, city of London, you know, coming from where you came from. And, you know, this must be very exciting for you. And I simply turned around to her and I said, yeah, well, do you see that building over there? Coco built that. And that one over there, that was built from sugar. And that one there was probably tobacco. And, yeah, so I'm here really to claim my inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> And um, for you, you know, so, you know, you don't have to be rude, but if you know your history, 
And, you know, people come to you with things like, you know, what is what have black people ever done? You know, where the where the if the black people are so great, where are the black composers, where are the black writers, where are the black, you know, this and that and the other, you you need to be able to have an answer for them and un, yeah. you know let them understand that without again as I said without being rude or, or obnoxious, just very calmly point out to them that um, you know you you understand what's really going on here. All right, one last question: You're not bitter then? No, no, because as I said, it's um, it's a heavy burden to bear. And it's not going to do you any good to retain that inside of you. It's a problem that has to be addressed. You you cannot address it alone. You need to form alliances. And you need to understand what power is and what what you're really up against. You're, you're up against power. You're up against entrenched positions. You're up against Ignorance in in a lot of cases where people have assumptions about you or your ethnicity, and you know you, you can't be a, a lone voice crying in the wilderness because you won't be given a platform. You know you need to get someplace where you have a platform to speak, and you will be you will be recognized, and um, you need to you know just make your points quietly but clearly. Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, it's sound advice, but I can imagine it It might be difficult to do that. As you describe those things to me, I'm, I, I feel in myself, well, how would I feel if that happened to me? And, I, and they're, they're all negative emotions that arise. But mm. I suppose what you're, you're also saying is if you allow those emotions to build up and, and, and stay with you and fester, all you're doing is hurting yourself. Yes, quite. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it's look at Nelson Mandela. Okay, 20 odd years breaking stones on Robben Island. Okay. And he never, when he eventually became president of South Africa, he did not go on a, a, a mission of revenge or retribution for his former um, jailers or, or anything like that. Right. As in, in fact, there's a story that's told about him. He's having lunch in a particular restaurant with his, his bodyguards around him. And they see another, a white man at a, a, a table nearby. And he says, oh, can you go and call that man over for me, please? And they do so and call the man over. And it turns out that this guy was one of his guards in Robin Island. And he was shaking when he came across. But he treated him with respect, with civility, invited him to sit down and, you know, have a chat. Didn't want to take him away from his from his table for a long time. But there was dignity, there was honor, there was a higher humanity in not just base, um, oh, well, this guy, now that I'm in a position of power, I'm going to shaft him. You know, there there was something higher than that, that he, he managed to transcend those base feelings. And that that's kind of where I would like to think I, I want, you know, I, I, I can be, I, I strive for that. Of course, you know, I still get livid inside of, you know, inside, but you need to, you need to recognize that. That's a great place to finish. Thank you. Thank you to David for sharing his experience. If you have experiences that you would like to share or advice for others on how to deal with racial or any kind of bias in the promotion process, 
I would love to hear from you. I'm Paul Gisby of Talking Leaders. We help leaders who want to get heard, be understood, and to build trust. Goodbye.